Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now then, welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. If this is your first time, thank you very much for downloading. If this is your, I don't know, fourth, third, second or first time, Thank you even more. You can find me at Jay Beardmore. More importantly, you can find the podcast at The Rugby Dungeon. And exciting news, we have a Facebook group. Not so exciting, it does nothing yet. However, there is a plan. Eventually, we're going to get everything which we do in here. And when we do player interviews uh, face-to-face, Facebook Live onto that group. In addition, pulling back the curtain a bit, we do all of our interviews about two or three weeks early. So currently, I've got about four interviews ready to go out We've got Will Addison, we have Drew Mitchell, we have uh, Chris Horseman, and we have another who I can't remember off the top of my head. The idea is, is I am going to put them out week after week. However, if you subscribe to the group, you can have that audio early as soon as I work out how to do it. And believe you me, I am working hard on how to do this. Today is Will Addison. I was put onto this guy by his teammate, Tom Brady, who said he has great chat. And lo and behold, he has great chat. Not only that, he's really into his rugby. This is really evident throughout the entire interview. And I think actually of all the interviews, he's probably the most rugby-centric guest that we've had so far. His stuff about the video analysis uh, and what it's like to play under the coaches, I think was excellent insight. So I hope you enjoy that. But before you enjoy anything, anything at all, Let's listen to our sponsors who help us down here and support the Rugby Dungeon. So we're very happy to say we are now working with Field and Flower. Who are Field and Flower? Well, they're a small family-owned business. And I say small, I don't think they're going to be small for much longer. Because they deliver exceptional grass-fed beef and lamb to your door. And their meat truly is exceptional. It's outdoor-reared all year round. It's traceable, so you know where it came from. Although I'll give you a little clue, Somerset and butchered in that same fine county. The same fine county that is home to Bath Rugby Club. So no surprise, they also power Anthony Watson. Now, I'm not saying eating Field and Flower is going to make you into a fast-twitch, high-explosive athlete like Anthony Watson. But I am saying grass-fed meat contains four times more vitamins A and E than grain-fed meat, which, as Phil will tell you, is very important for muscle growth. In fact, grass-fed beef has two to five times more omega-3 and four to three times more CLA than grain-fed meat. So how does this amazing service work? Well, first of all, select your box from as little as £44 with our discount. Or alternatively, you can fill your box with a choice of 170 cuts of lamb, pork, chicken, beef, wild game, line caught fish and or, most importantly, Somerset cheese. Choose your delivery dates and then simply sit back watch some rugby, and wait for Field and Flower to deliver your box of high-quality grass-fed meat. In addition to this, there is no tie-ins, there's no long-term contracts, there's no obligation to buy another box, but I'm pretty certain you absolutely will. So all you need to do is go to checkout and type in Rugby20 in the offer code box, and that'll be that. You will get excellent, excellent produce, and you'll also support one of your favourite podcasts. Top 5, top 10, top 20 favourite podcasts. Okay, what, whatever. Sponsorship done. Now let's listen to Will Addison with me and Phil. Enjoy the podcast. So here I am with a guy who's had a truly breakout year, Mr. Will Addison. Hello, Will. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Good. And as always, well, not always, as occasionally, I am joined <laughs> by Phil. Hi, JV. Excellent. So, Will, good weekend. You've just been where? 
Uh, just been at Will Cliff's wedding in Sandbach on the Saturday and then had a, f- a good reunion with a few of the older boys who used to play at Sale. So, yeah, it's been a bit boozy, but uh, recovering okay. <laughs> nice, nice. Who was there? Uh, what, people that have moved, I assume, then gone over to Bristol or elsewhere as well? Uh, there wasn't too many of the Bristol guys, actually. There was only Mark Jones, who obviously formerly of Sale. Um, we had Rob Miller, Henry Thomas, um, Alex Shaw, Mark Atkinson of Gloucester now. Okay, um, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was tons tons of guys. who had. That's the thing with Sale. It kind of breeds a, a close brotherhood between the players that doesn't really doesn't really break. So, yeah, there was a good reunion of us. And you seem to kind of band together in little groups and then escape off to Wasps or yeah. Bristol. Or Bristol, or... yeah. Yeah, well, we're never too far away from having a odd beer together so uh, we always tend to, to find our way back so what's your next move now you're looking at bristol or wasps <laughs> it seems the logical one doesn't it yeah it does seem the logical one you said mark jones before yeah um, i i think it's my understanding that he wants to get into the fish and chip business as soon as he possibly can well i think that's probably the career path that suits his body best so uh, <laughs> um no he's uh he's i think that's uh, been a family tradition for a while they they have got one in uh where he's from in wales and then his dad's just uh opening a new restaurant as we speak really? in tenby so uh yeah Tenby's a place that he really enjoys so i think maybe further Tenby's down the line place. really good place he took us down there two years ago myself and tommy taylor and uh yeah really enjoyed it luckily we got the weather and uh for fish and chips it couldn't really get any better yeah if you want to make money fish and chips is definitely the way yeah yeah i'll uh, give you a breakdown of the numbers later very very profitable <laughs> very lucrative yeah no, uh, seriously it is <laughs> is it yeah it's ridiculous it's ridiculously profitable if you get the right location presumably if you're on like a well, nice, yeah, I mean, nice you coastal town, someone to buy your chips. I mean, yeah, it goes without saying. Not up a mountain. No, 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 no. no, no. So, uh, am I right in thinking that you used to live with uh, Tom Taylor? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, since I came to Manchester. I came um, when I was 18. Uh, was in halls for a year, and then straight out of halls, lived with Henry Thomas and Tommy Taylor for two years. Oh, okay. Uh, we were in Eastersbury for that two years, and then we we. The two of us, uh, the three of us, moved to Westage. So we lived in total for three years together, and then Henry obviously moved to Bath. Um, and since then, I've been living with Tommy Taylor, uh, Mike Haley, and Josh Beaumont in a house, and coming to the end of the two years with those guys. That's a savage house. Yeah, it's been brilliant. <laughs> You'd have to say we've, we've performed all right together as well. So yeah, no, it seems that we've got a winning formula in there sometimes. Oh, gutted to break up the band then. Yeah, gutted. Yeah, so every year's been a bit of a heartbreak for me having mates move on, but uh, to d- this year more than any with Tommy moving on, having known him so well, is very sad. But um, yeah, I'm going to be living with t- with uh, Josh next year, and Mikey's going to be living with uh, Sam James. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah, Sam, he's got some talent, Sam. Oh, unbelievable time. I think he's had it for a long time, but he's just finally uh, got his way onto the pitch this year. He's got a bit more confidence this year in how he can he can put it on the pitch. But as far as talent goes, there's there's few better. It strikes me, you know, as this this team in general has got a lot more confidence this year. Yeah, I think it's just um, confidence in how we play. I think we're all aware of uh, how how good we can be and how good we can be together. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of confidence in the squad and confidence generally comes from winning. And uh, obviously our home records just bred that confidence more than anything. Yeah, I mean, not to bring it to a downer, but uh, you must have been pretty disappointed with the, with the Gloucester yeah. results. Yeah, absolutely heartbroken with that, really. So that would have uh, been an unbeaten home yeah, I think, season. Yeah, I think we had the best home record in Europe last year, but unfortunately, right? yeah, apparently, yeah. Um, and we obviously we went a whole year unbeaten because we hadn't lost before yeah. that Gloucester game there was, a cal- there was a calendar year yeah calendar year calendar but year unfortunately lost, not, but a not a full season yeah which is a, it's gonna yeah, it's, it's, it's marred it a little bit <laughs> but at the same time we've uh, we've really enjoyed it up at AJ Bell oh I bet and to, and to Gloucester as well I mean I had, I had you down as an absolute banker there yeah. that's probably the issue with us that's the next step for us is uh, the games that we are seeing absolute bankers we need to start winning uh, because more often than not when we come up against the big boys at home we turn them over but yeah, when it's yeah. expected of us to win say probably against Newcastle and Gloucester this year we've probably not turned up like we should the, yeah, well, um, I mean, did, you, did you see the the advertising that Sale Sharks were doing before that game they did a, me. they did a movie poster that was a, a mock-up of Jaws ah uh, no I didn't see that luckily maybe which, that... which was Sharks uh, instead of Jaws oh yeah of course but the tagline was Gloucester you're going to need a bigger pack <laughs> rather than you're going to need a bigger boat <laughs> and uh, that, it... that was probably that must have been used Humphreys must have used that in. I the, would like, have it stapled all over yeah, the change would, room everywhere I would pass t- one to eight I would have a copy of that on their shirt on their like, match day pack yeah. look what sailors say it's almost like, like baiting them wasn't yeah. it yeah 
luckily we're not privy to those marketing <laughs> ploys because yeah no that, that's probably not the wisest thing against Costa you've got one of yeah, the biggest I, packs I, going I'm not obviously I'm not going to get in, get you in trouble with, with your media guy but not the most timely reference I mean I probably would have gone with like a Game of Thrones reference <laughs> yeah. or you know I think they've actually gone on to the Game of Thrones one uh, Jonathan Mills is a big fan of Game of Thrones and he's been conspicuously left out of the uh, promotions for the I think they've used uh, the pack right? you know the, the, the holes in faces um, yeah. Oh, yeah, the holes yeah. in the wall they've used uh a picture of that and put all the pack in their faces and uh, unfortunately well, Millsy... John, John Mills has got uh, you know a notoriously great rig oh yeah uh, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah. if, if they do the opposite with him which is do you know everyone else has got the face cut like the face cut out for mm. the fans well maybe they just have his face and then the fan fills in the body yeah just... <laughs> yeah that's a good idea I'll put it to Steve yeah <laughs> well hopefully well I don't know if we still will now but hopefully we'll be getting Millsy in here in the next yeah. in the next few weeks to do a bit of a wine tasting pod no, there's a few so, more entertaining than Millsy so uh, I'm sure that'll be a good one to one to look out for <laughs> so which of the two results do you reckon were more impressive then the Saracens results at home or the Leicester result because that, that Leicester game was quite something oh without doubt the Leicester game because the Saracens was a disappointment in the uh, draw wasn't it yeah because we drew to them so and the team that they had against out against us um, probably wasn't up to what they have had to the whole season as much as they had a, a good game against us I think we it's a game we should have won whereas the Leicester game was without doubt one of the standout moments of the season um, yeah just to go down to Welford Road somewhere where I'd never won I can remember saying in the team meeting before that I'd never beaten Leicester let alone away in the Premiership so that was a real that's one I'm really proud of yeah absolutely and you know so you should be what do you put the improvement down to this year then um, I think it's a bit of everything. Just we, I think we had a fairly good start to the season, um, and then uh, Paul Deacon was a massive influence for me. Um, ah, interesting. Yeah, he came in and uh, didn't revolutionise the wheel or anything, but I think he just brought the kind of determination and maybe uh, winning mentality that we we possibly didn't have. And then in terms of specifics, he was his details absolutely fantastic, and he's the way he delivers it to players is uh, probably why you see someone like mm. Sam James doing so well. Well, that that was an interesting change because uh, son James this was his first real season I don't know if he played yeah. much the season before no um, but it changes the dynamics of the centre partnership going from Liotta and Tuitupu yeah to having someone who can who can play a bit more yeah who can kick who can pass yeah who can distribute did it feel like that and, and also probably combining that kind of centre with a rugby league coach like Deacon um, to to give it, I don't know. Do you see it a bit more ball out on the wing when you've got that kind of combination? Uh, I wouldn't say more ball, but because uh, Johnny, I've, I've I've probably run in more as many tries off Johnny as anyone. He's uh, okay. he's he can see a gap and he knows exactly. He, he's played on the wing as well, Johnny. So he's very aware of where what where the gaps are and where to put you through. But I think the thing with with Sam is he's one of those talented footballers who's always got time on the ball. So he's got that yeah. ability to make decisions uh, when he's when other players maybe maybe don't have that time. Yeah, and that's um, so he's he's good at. I think that's probably one of his main strengths is having that ability to have time in the ball, and then he can use his feet, or he can kick, or he can pass. Whereas other players probably can't use that, even though they might have the same skill. They probably just don't have that mentality that they can use it. He's quite a big lad too. I mean, I remember yeah. in like in his first uh, was it two games, two tries, or three games, three tries, yeah, something like that. So he's got a pretty good scoring record. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he finds himself in the right spaces, and he's, uh, yeah, he's he's about six foot four, I'd say, Jamesy, and he's is, is he he's got is the, he that big? Yeah, he's got the ability to offload, and he's uh, he's got a good fend on him, so yeah, he can definitely score a try. It, it always surprised me, and you know, it's stupid because obviously you guys are professional uh, professional sportsmen, but just how big the backs backs are starting starting to get now. Mm. I mean, you what, what you you must be close to six foot. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm six one and about uh, ninety plus kilos, so. I wouldn't say I'm a monster in any terms when well, you come up against you know, you, people um, like George North or something like that. But um, yeah, no, they are getting bigger and bigger. But I'd say uh, when you watch a team like New Zealand play this weekend, bar their probably their wingers, they've probably got one of the smaller back lines. Yeah, but, they probably have yeah. actually. But you see them finishing the game like they did, and it just shows the fitness difference between them and the other teams. Yeah, and I think that's probably, hopefully, in my eyes, the way the game's going. Um, I think. Um, Hopefully, if we start to play a little bit more summer rugby um, eventually, I think you'll start to see the, uh, 
uh, teams slim down a little bit and yeah. focus rather on uh, speed and uh, fitness. Well, I mean, I'd love to see someone like Kyle Eastman get a real good shot. Yeah. You know? I think he'd look great in that sale team, which would be my dream signing. Yeah. If it ever happened. <laughs> if it could ever possibly happen. Uh, you know, if it could happen. But we don't know if it could or not. We just no. don't know, do we? Yeah. And then back to Paul, Paul Deacon then. I mean, I was basically hearing the way that you guys have trained is completely different. Or you, you're just looking purely at patterns now. Uh, and you basically mm. do a lot of that during the session, and then yeah. after that, the forwards basically go and coach themselves. Um, no, I think what Deeks does, he's um, he's got. We obviously have a set pattern, but he's very much wanting us to play with the ball. He, he wants us to make the decisions on the pitch. I think he's just put a couple of little pointers in there that help us, mm-hmm. but it's definitely nothing like regimented pattern. I think that some people probably get a bit confused by that, but it's very much letting people what? play. Well, I'll certainly put my hands up now and say I am confused by that. So maybe you could explain it a a little bit more for me. So basically, the basic pattern, I think Bath probably used it first and then ourselves and uh, probably Wasp are the biggest exponents of it. And it's all all it is is just having a basic, not even a decoy line, it's a man running a hard line off 10 or whoever and then there's a guy out the back and that's, that's literally it. But... The finer details in that are where where the gains are made. Really, I think mm. probably Buff have used it to pretty poor effect this year. Yeah. Whereas um, Deeks, his his detail in the play is just is just enormous because um, we've been doing that for a number of years. But just the small details means that the guy out the back or in the front uh, has more space and more time to get get the ball and that's probably where you see the line breaks and then that's yeah. probably why you see the more expansive play from this year just from those little details that happen very early on in a play give me an idea of some details which you know playing at a low level i wouldn't be aware of yeah that you can get from deacon i think probably one of the biggest ones is i think at a lower level people think the only way to get through a tackle is by running full steam from 20 meters away mm-hmm. uh, which is definitely not the case you can be running five set of just a, a a jog and if you're running the right hole at the right tempo you'll be you'll get through it you don't have to be running 100 miles an hour and that probably sees maybe at a lower level why people are knocking on the ball so uh, much okay kind of just having a bit more patience yeah well you see Danny Cipriani at the line he doesn't it's not like he's uh, going at a searing pace but he's got that time on the ball where he's, he might only be jogging but the guy he's got he's always got an option because of that so I think that's what what Deeks does really well is he allows you to see you, he'll you'll you'll let you run and do your own thing and then afterwards he'll uh, he'll show you what you could have done and how you could have changed it and I think uh-huh. probably going at a, a different tempo and uh, being able to change pace at the line rather than going twenty meters and having a big run up at something isn't the way I think oh, that's really interesting yeah yeah I think that's one thing I've definitely noticed is that yeah coming from um, a lower level you think power and speed is the only way to get through defenses which is definitely not the case. I think mean, that's what Deeks has probably maybe brought in a little a bit. little bit more subtlety. Though. Yeah, subtlety is probably the word for it. Yeah, yeah. And I think and the subtlety in the in how the uh, probably uh, Deeks's biggest impact has probably not been on the backs. Funny enough, okay. it's probably been on the forwards and uh, enabling guys like Tommy Taylor and Bryn Evans, who are naturally good footballers and can pass and uh, put people through gaps. He's he's helped them, but he's also helped someone like Ross Harrison, who probably naturally he probably had admit that he's not a great ball player, but this year you probably see him have his ball in hand more than ever and I think he's been one of our most effective forwards because of that So how is he instilling these these sorts of skills then? It starts in pre-season I think uh, I think I can remember in pre-season it, Deeks came in and he was probably shocked by how poor the skill level was <laughs> We uh, I think there was one week where we had 70 drop balls in the week What? Um, which is this, this, uh, sorry, this I'm is like, amazed that he's been counting, counting them, them. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, we, have, we have someone counting them I'm sure from next week when we start someone will be counting them um, And then is the punishments depending on how um, how big it is or is it just no, an acknowledgement? It's a bit more reward. Um, so, <laughs> um, so we we had that as an objective, and so we had that as a benchmark, and we knew that wasn't good enough, and we re- revisited, and we went with the aim of something like getting twenty in three week period, which obviously going from seventy in one week to twenty in three weeks. That's incredible. It sounds unachievable, but just having that focus and and then learning the plays, uh, we did it. So, yeah. Did you just um, not involve Cobblash in any handling drills? I know, Total I opposite. He's, he's the best he, handler in the team. He, yeah, yeah. Is he all right? I don't know where you've got that from. He's the best handler in the <laughs> team. Yeah, yeah. Just I just never see... Moldovan, we stereotyped. Yeah. I, two and two together, got I five. Actually, I've actually just come back from a charity game in uh, in Bermuda <laughs> and uh, Vadim came with us and he was without doubt the man of the match in the tour because he's no. got, as far as I'm aware, he's the best rugby player I've played with. Because wow. of, I have seen him kick, funnily enough. His kicking and his passing. You probably don't see this on a Saturday because he probably doesn't need to use it, but... 
um, any of the ask any sale player coming in now who the best title is they've played with and he'll say Vadim not only for his scrimmaging but for his all round ability mean, on a play wow. scrimmaging is I, renowned to be fair yeah, so, yeah. yeah no I think um, I, I take it back then yeah, no, <laughs> I've, 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 yeah. apologies <laughs> I think it's a case of Cristiano Ronaldo heading the ball syndrome which yeah. is he's a great uh, header of the ball but no one gives him any credit because he's so good with his feet and yeah. everything else yeah exactly I, I think that's a very good analogy <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, no, he's uh, unbelievable. He's and he's also our most talented ping pong player in the team as well. <laughs> yeah. well, well okay, let's look at it another way. What can't Kobolash do? Um, well, I was with him on Friday night. He can dance. <laughs> um, he can drink very well. Um, yeah, he's got a sharp wit as well. He let, doesn't let on how little English he knows. He's very he's learned the language very well. So as far as I'm aware, he's, he's an extremely talented fella. Excellent. Maybe we should get him on as well. I, well, I don't think we've got much time because I, he, he must He'll be, be off. off soon. He's um, no Bordeaux. Uh, um, yeah, he's going to be going to Bordeaux in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because they're losing Sokopi Kepu, aren't they? Yeah, who's going yeah. to? Are going to Reds or somewhere? Is he back to the Waratahs? Yeah. I think that's under the under the proviso because they know that Vadim can play forty games a season. So yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, there's a sort a certain value now, isn't there, of being a player from a non-tier one nation? Mm. I mean, if you look at Toulon, they've picked up God knows how many guys like um, yeah. Mamuka Kubrash, uh, like uh, uh, Sammy Manoa. Is, um, yeah. is another yeah. one? Yeah, I'm surprised that they weren't interested. In fact, they probably were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, they were interested. Yeah, as far as as I know. But I think Bordeaux was probably the best move for him, yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your um, your jaunts over to Bermuda then. What caused that? Um, it's been happening in the last couple of years. It's a, it's a project called Beyond Rugby. Uh-huh. There's a guy called Gareth Noakes who leads it up over there and he's doing a fantastic job. Um, and he, he and Lionel, there's a guy, if you're a WWE fan, he's a guy, JBL. <laughs> yes, and, I am definitely a WWE fan. Uh, JBL <laughs> and uh, Gareth, they run up this project called Beyond Rugby, and it's basically uh, a project that's trying to change the gang culture in Bermuda, uh, using rugby as a, as a vehicle well, for that. I'm sure that there, was, there was a gang culture in Yeah, Bermuda. there's obviously a huge disparity in wealth over there, um, with a lot of businesses being run over there, so there's a lot of uh, very profitable business, but on the flip side, there's uh, quite a lot of poverty. Oh, wow. in the local culture so um, yeah they've been using rugby as a vehicle for the last four years and uh, they've had this uh, charity game where they'd have an invitational team coming over a Barbarians team and play against I think Saracens were the first team to do it mm-hmm. um, Harlequins have done it for a couple of years and this year we played against a mix between Harlequins and London Irish oh right so as a, I was in the Barbarians team along with five other sale players and then a mix of other premiership so and who, Rabo. who were the sale players that we might know uh, there was myself Vadim uh, Johnny Leota Jonathan Mills you can ask Millsy when he's next in Mark Easter and Dave Seymour oh brilliant um, so. I do feel that we've kind of just rushed over something you know you, you casually dropped in JBL is promoting rugby in Bermuda and we just Strangest said yeah fine thing. yeah cool I need to know more about how JBL <laughs> is promoting um, rugby in Bermuda well, I think JBL is a resident of Bermuda a uh, Bermudian resident and uh, so he's I think he just found himself in the country and lived the country and wanted to change the country as well so uh, and he couldn't think of a better sport than rugby because of, of the ethics it, um, it has Well there's been a couple of links with WWE to rugby in the last couple of years with Seamus um, and uh, he's been involved with Leinster yeah. and London Irish and ah. when they went over but also wasn't Corby Sierra didn't he do yeah. he loves his WWE I think he loves his yeah. WWE he loves I'm it. sure he was either named on it or appeared on it yeah yeah I, I don't follow it anymore unfortunately but uh, yeah neither yeah. do I yeah. well neither do I but uh, it doesn't stop us having this conversation <laughs> uh, where do you rank the clothesline from hell as a finisher uh, we asked him to do it on Snapchat, but he refused, unfortunately. No. But what we did bring, there was a charity auction on the Friday night, and there was a signed um, rock WWE belt, so nice. that was awesome. pretty cool to see. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, he's a really great guy and uh, loves his rugby now, and uh, yeah, he, he was... He was... Uh, so his story, is it not that he's like a Texas oil baron who then <laughs> trades in stocks? And yeah. Weirdly, you know, fiction meets reality, and now he lives in Bermuda. Yeah, well, I think he had a period where he maybe tried to go pro in the NFL and had a couple of injuries, and then he's obviously a massive bloke and how, decided. How to big get, is he? He'll be oh six six. 
yeah and obviously a massive frame on him so um no even amongst the rugby players he uh he looked very sizable so uh and he spoke really well and he um so he was he he ran it really and uh but gareth noakes was he's very influential <laughs> no, over there why as well. do i know the name Ga- gareth noakes I'm not to, gareth is just a massive rugby fan and he just he's managed to get a group of people together who's uh, able to put this kind of thing on so um yeah saracens have led it up and then uh, harlequins as well so i guess you're doing a lot of community outreach stuff whilst you're there as well uh, more so this year than we have done so basically it, for us in a kind of a normal way it's a it's a great trip for us to have because we get a, an expense pit, uh, trip to Bermuda and you're with some of your good mates and you're just having a good time together as you can imagine you got a bit boozy at times so yeah, absolutely. Uh, flew out had a little function in the evening then a charity auction which we, we had to bring a prize to um, and then Saturday was the game we had a golf day and we did a bit of community outreach, a bit of coaching as well. So, and the Saracens Harlequins mixed team that you that you, yeah. you played against, any uh, any people there that we'd recognise? Uh, it was actually London Irish oh, Harlequins, no. uh, but oh, sorry, unfortunately, unfortunately, it was one of their senior. I think it was Charlie Matthews' his wedding, so a lot of the Harlequins players who you'd expect to see there weren't there. And then also, there's about six of them on different tours of England, so they had to call in a few of their retired lads. So uh, Uga Monia was out there. Um, he, he he is ridiculously cool. He is a cool guy. Uh, Matt Cairns, Ollie Cohn, Will Skinner Ollie was Cohen. there. Um, oh crikey! So there was a there was the, the older fellas, and beyond that, it was mainly an academy kind of squad. So uh, uh, there was a couple of guys from the Irish. Gerard Ellis was particularly prominent um, from Irish. He's a good young hooker. Um, who else was there from? There's uh, Tom Fowley. Um, yeah. he's, he's played a bit of Premiership rugby uh, from the Quinns team. Uh, Harry Sloan. He's yeah, oh, yeah, a lot. yeah. He's quite, quite, quite a lot of rugby. <laughs> so guys like that, and beyond that, there was some young academy guys coming through. So yeah, they all had a great time, and we had a great time as well. What you need to do well is you need to get on to um, Dimes and whoever else is. Oh, it's oh, already, sorry, it's already in the works. It's already in the works. And Jason Orange, of course, now because he's yeah. the new boss. Yeah. Uh, oh, Simon I mean, Orange. Is it Simon? It's yeah, Jason. His brother. brother. It's his brother, isn't it? R- right. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> um, and you need to persuade them that you guys should take over the role of London Irish going yeah. into the US game. Uh, well, uh, Quakes has been going on this tour for a couple of years, and it's been in the pipeline. We've been pestering in Dimes every year. So, yeah. No. Uh, Quakes and Dave Seymour have both been on the same tour the last couple of years. So. Hopefully one day. Yeah. Well, we went to watch on the Irish Saracens. Yeah. Doing the when they played in, in New Jersey. Yeah. And aside from it being you know just a nice a nice thing to do, I'm pretty sure both teams got a lot out of it. Yeah. Just through the whole you know team building thing. Yeah. And just doing yeah. something completely different, out of the comfort zone. Yeah. Well, not out of the comfort zone, just out of the normal day to day routine. Yeah. 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 And yeah. going. It's part of be the training because you get to train in. I think we'll be training in the in the Jets facility for a few days. Like Jets or yeah. Giants. Oh yeah. So yeah. that side of it will be brilliant. And then the team building. Well, I don't know. I don't know where Saracens went. I don't think they were particularly impressed with wherever they went. I say Irish that as a relative statement. Irish were Jets, weren't they? Yeah, Irish went to New York Jets, and they just right, said okay. it, was, it was outrageously good. Yeah, I can imagine. I think uh, Harlequins are having some of their preseason camp at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, so. did they do that Is last that year as well? I think so, so they're doing that again this year. But I think, um, I'm not too sure who their main sponsor is. I think they're obviously involved in the D- Eagles. DHL. DHL, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so I'm sure there's some connection there. Um, yeah, I think we're, hopefully one day we'll get over to the States because it's obviously a growing sport over there. Oh, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure that'll be in the pipeline because I think Simon does quite a lot of his business out of New York. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't like to talk on someone else's behalf and say that that's <laughs> definitely <laughs> happening. Oh, nice, nice. Even, even if you don't get to play a game out there, just pestering for like a week's team yeah. building. Yeah, The benefits of training and team building yeah, out yeah. there. yeah. We yeah. certainly got a lot from it, didn't we? Jay? Yeah, I can imagine. We, we absolutely did. Uh, and you know, I, I do think the the players get well, the players and the coaching staff. I mean, we went to another one, which is uh, All Blacks, All Blacks USA, hmm. and we we met Nick Kennedy, who was yeah, okay. actually on the way over to Chicago Bears to pick yeah. their brains on whatever else it may be. Yeah. So there is a lot of a lot of benefit to do, to doing it. Not least that we want to go out there again next spring and <laughs> yeah. you know, get up to all sorts. <laughs> Indeed. So, what did you make of the Saxons game this weekend? And the reason I bring up the Saxons is because, of, of course, Sale player Mike Haley and Tommy Taylor. Yeah, and Ross Harrison. Uh? And Sam James, yeah. And, and yeah. Sam James, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, no, uh, I, we, we had myself, I had uh, Rob, Rob Miller, uh, Mark Jones, and Henry Thomas were all around our house in Dinsby watching. So, we obviously have a, a big connection to those guys who were playing. So, uh, we we really enjoyed it. I think they obviously uh, had been told by the coach Ali Heifer to go out with a lot of confidence and play some good rugby because they're all there to impress uh, the head man 
Um, so and I think luckily for our lads, I think all of them did that. So oh, especially yeah, Mike Haley. Yeah. Mike Haley was awesome. Tommy did his usual stuff around the park. And then Sam James came on and set up a try, and then Ross was good around the park as well. And also Sips. Oh, Sips as well, yeah. I think Sips, Doesn't Sips, really is, count. Sips is one of the leaders in that team. So I think as far as the performance goes, you can attribute a lot of that to Sips. And oh. I think the way they played, probably the same. I think they played with a lot of ambition, which is indicative of how Sips plays. Yeah, did, yeah. I've asked this question before, but I think it's a fair question, which is, all this talent from Sale, do you think sometimes it does get, get overlooked for the national setup? Yeah, definitely. I think if you look at the way George Ford plays or the way Owen Farrell plays, Sips does that and he does some extra stuff as well. I think uh, it's been quite highly publicised, his kicking record's not been great, but um, I challenge anyone to say that uh, George has had his best year of kicking. So, um, yeah. No, I think I think if George, I get on with George really well. I think he's well worth his place. But I think Sips is definitely one of those guys who's worth a punt, and he can turn up and do, he's a big game player, and uh, he'll turn up and perform whenever you need him to. Yeah, just just on that, I think it's the way I see it. Sips is definitely third in line, and yeah. it's just a bit frustrating that in both the Six Nations and this summer tour, where previous coaches would have picked three specialist fly halves, yeah. um, Eddie Jones has decided not to. It's just it's a bit frustrating from his perspective. Um, I, I, can, I can kind of understand that because they've got Henry Slade there. Who, if there was an injury during a test, yeah. they can call upon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can Alex, kind of understand Alex that. Good can cover it if it's an injury for the last twenty minutes or yeah. that kind of thing. He can, he can do a job. Yeah. So I think yeah, I can kind of understand that. But they're always going to have two tens in the squad, and I'm sure if there was an injury one week, I'm sure Sips would be on the fight next Definitely. fight over. So Definitely. yeah, I can kind of understand them only having two two tens in the squad. Um, but yeah. Now, another question from this game. Have you ever played at altitude? Yeah, I have, yeah. How did you... Did you properly prepare beforehand? And oh, no, this was an under 15, 16 still <laughs> South Africa, so the preparation wasn't exactly high-tech. Uh, but did there you, is a marked difference, yeah. Did you find, like, kind of... Because watching that game, first half... Saxons yeah. went to a comfortable lead and second half it was like they were treading water at times yeah they I think, really um, blew up Mikey I was uh, on FaceTime to him yesterday and he said oh it was just unbelievably the last 10 minutes was as it is in a premiership game but even more so for them they said uh, they were really hanging on I think yeah. probably because the game was so expansive in the first half that was always yeah. going to happen yeah. Um, but yeah you could definitely see the difference Altitude just compounds it because it yeah. was it was a very open game very open, especially yeah. first half yeah um, a really good sport. I really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, so, if if we all agreed, and I certainly think this is the case, that Sale players are overlooked for England honours, what do you think Sale can do as do as a club to, to rectify that? Um, I think it's difficult for what we can do. Really, is that I probably we are probably the least publicised TV uh, TV games. I think we've probably been on the least bar none this year. So, I think that's probably one thing that um, that we probably need to change or. BT or whoever's covering the games needs to change. I think there needs to be a lot more games play, uh, from Sale played on TV and the lower clubs because it's not like we put, don't play a good brand of rugby. Yeah. Um, so that's probably because of us not playing on Friday nights maybe anymore that we probably need that. Um, but that's one reason I'd say. And then I think it's probably starting to change. I think there's obviously there's guys being selected this year for England uh, that haven't been before so that's going to start to change in my eyes yeah it was a shame for Beaumont wasn't it getting getting called up to the Six Nations squad yeah and then, um, and then getting injured shoulder, it was, it was shoulder yeah shoulder injury. injury so yeah I've no doubt that Josh would have picked up a cap this year uh, yeah. Tommy did really well to pick up a cap and uh, um, I'm sure that'll happen now we've got We've got Sam James starting regularly in the team who's always going to be there or thereabouts now and Mike Haley who's in my eyes challenge it. There's, there's very few fullbacks around the same age and the same talent as yeah. him so you can yeah. guarantee that he's going to be in that mix over the next couple of years. So just got went through the sale deal and mm. obviously you think more TV exposure. Do you think the new ownership is going to make any difference to us? Um, I think obviously there's a lot of publicity about us at the moment so um, I'd like to think that we're probably maybe a couple of signings away from having a top four team I think we're probably there or thereabouts now so I think once you start challenging for those top four honours you quickly get talked about in the press or wherever else you'll see I think probably X is the biggest example of that Um, maybe three years ago 
there were, I mean, maybe a, a, an Exeter fan would be saying the same thing as you saying that there's players should be in the England squad that aren't. But the last two years that they've been challenging for top six and challenging for top four has probably meant they've been talked about in the press a lot more, and that has an effect in my eyes. I was going to say you mentioned a couple of sign-ins to could potentially mm. kind of lift the squad. Any speculation as to um, who not, you might need or who you might get? Not particularly. I think we probably maybe need a second row just to add a bit more grunt to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and who would be I, your ideal signing? Let's let's let's, let's take reality. Oh, we're we going fantasy rugby. Yeah, fantasy, fantasy rugby is always good. I think as far as second rows go, and if you want in a bit of a gnarly forward, you have to be Evan Estabeth. Oh, he's, okay, yeah. he's probably the the best enforcer going at the moment. Um, so probably him and then if you're looking at rugby ability as a second row um, probably Brody Retallick yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting yeah. Retallick is cl- so we've got class. one who, um, who are our other signings um, what other positions to target uh, I don't know actually I just I think I'm I'm really excited to see how AJ is going to get on. I've yeah. looked, I've I've watched a lot of Connacht this year because I've got a friend there, and he's been really impressive. So I'm really excited to see how he's going to go oh, for good. us. Who's who's your friend over at Connacht? Uh, he's a guy called Connor Finn. He's a young okay. winger over there. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, now there's a lot made out of the Pat Lamb style of rugby, and being a simpleton again, I'm just I'm I'm just not qualified to accurately explain it do you have, do you have any idea what uh, um, what's going on I think the Pat Lamb style of rugby if you watch their tight five play their skill level is just t- a, a, a lot higher than anyone else in the Pro 12 at the moment so I think he obviously does a lot of emphasis on how everyone having good skills around the board and that that enables them to play that expansive style no, there's no uh, there's nothing too uh, mind blowing about the shape they run or anything like that uh, I think it's just the ability from 1 to 15 for everyone to do the same job and do a very good job at that so I think that ability from 1 to 15 to play rugby en- enables them to score some fantastic tries yeah because it's kind of like a lot of skill mm. married up with quite a lot of quite a lot of shape yeah but I still you know as you know, as an amateur trying to understand the game, don't understand how they get away with you know hugging one flanker on one wing, one flanker on the other, and just how it all how yeah. it all mixes in. It must be a completely different mindset. Yeah, no, I think it just it probably just takes training. Really, I think um, once you get into that shape, I think it's probably an overused word. It's just it's literally a way to get quick ball, really, and uh, and a, a way to expose sh- uh, expose uh, space. So I think. Um, Sometimes it just happens that the flankers end mm-hmm. up on the wings, but uh, other times it's some, someone like Tom Croft was probably one of the best exponents yeah. of space on the edge, or Josh Beaumont for us. So yeah. they kind of just seem to end up out there sometimes. Uh, as a player, then, do you get quite excited when you look at different teams and the different tactics that that they employ, different shapes? Um, yeah, I kind of I do quite a lot of analysis during the week. It's one of one of the place, uh, one of the areas I take quite a lot of pride in. So I do enjoy watching rugby. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do. I do kind of t- pay a lot of attention to the shape people are running, but it's more often than not just where they're using it. I'd say, um, yeah. There's you'll see in a Premiership season that there's quite a lot of similarities between each team. So it's just I think, like I said before about the fine details, it's just probably more than often uh, understanding each player and the team you're coming up against. More do, than do you anything. find that you'll see something? You're that's pretty clever, and then. Yeah. Next week, you know, there's two more teams doing it. Yeah. Before you know it, everyone, I think everyone's it, doing it. It used to be back maybe four years ago, the Crusaders came over and they played a game against um, the Sharks, the Sharks yeah. when there was an earthquake in Christchurch. Yeah. And they ran, I think, four different moves and then we played Premiership Rugby the week after. <laughs> and each one of those moves would be on display. So it happens all the time. Um, I think... Yeah, wasps have been pretty. We, we've noticed a couple of their moves, be, our moves being used by them this year, which has been quite ah. funny. But I'm sure that happens all over the place. Well, I was talking to Andy Titrell, and he was talking about his about his lineup moves, mm. and he was saying things like, "The first three months, I'll have one set of calls, and they'll change it to another set, set of calls, and they'll yeah. change it like every." Every three months, because the amount of analysis which is done now, yeah, Ke- they probably know what's going what's going to happen. Kieran Miles at the club at Wasps, and he's uh, one of the best line-out forwards I've played with, and uh, he's, he takes great pride in uh, in his line-out. So I'm sure he's got some say in that. But um, mm. yeah, I, the forwards are lost on me. So it, is there any <laughs> me, system? Me too. Yeah. Is there any system that you've seen and you thought, ah, oh, that 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 system makes these players a lot better? Um, um, and any system you've seen that you think I would I would love to play in that? Uh, I watched the All Blacks game again today, and um, they don't run a great deal of system stuff. I think having a system is very all well and good, but it's just a way of of creating space. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the All Blacks do phenomenally well is just create quick ball. 
yeah. and uh, that's something that the English game probably doesn't do as well and I think that's probably where our refereeing and uh, the, our, probably our coaching needs to get better is just engineering engineering quick ball rather than focusing too much on a shape mm. so if you watch them their just ability to offload and, and their ability to rook and clear out is probably second to none uh, and that's why they create such amazing rugby to watch because they've just got the skill level and just it's just the basics of things i think when we talk about shape it probably makes the game sound like rocket science when it's really not so uh yeah it's just it's just literally a way to create space and and execute it but beyond that i think the main the main bit when it, with attacking rugby is creating quick ball because that's when defenses are the most vulnerable Do you, is there any is there, is there any pattern that you've seen so far i don't mean pattern as in a literal pattern yeah. but but trends you're seeing within rugby teams that we can expect for next year um, I think with Eddie Jones's comments, I think he goes along those lines of having fit teams who can create quick ball. Because I think from the, from my friends who are in, who have been in and around the England team, all they focus on is uh, just trying to play rugby at a high tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a, a lot when you engineer that quick ball. It's very hard to organise anything in particular. So I think probably just people working on more skill and more fitness is probably going to be a theme. So I don't think there's going to be anything in in terms of patterns that are going to be too revolutionary, Mm. but maybe a lot more focus on the rook and trying to create quick ball. Yeah. Uh, You you mentioned before about the the refereeing. Am I to imply that you've not been happy with the the standard of of refereeing or do you just think it could be done differently? I think I'm really happy with the standard of the refereeing in the Premiership, but I think if we want to create faster rugby... Uh, it's probably not done in the right way. I think we just the, there's a lot of focus on on the rook, and uh, I think if you watch in the southern hemisphere, the, I think advantages are played a lot longer, so there's a lot less scrums. Mm. That's just from an outsider perspective, but I think that's maybe also attributed to the weather we've got here. So, in my eyes, that would be solved by playing in the summer, um, and then that would probably engineer more sk- you, more you, skills. Are you, are and you then... fan of uh, moving it to yeah, to absolutely, some sport? absolutely, yeah. I think there's there's no particular reason I don't see a negative to it really apart from maybe that it's not done at the same time as schools are playing rugby what about your holidays you <laughs> wedding season so, southern, means, hemisphere, summer, yeah. southern hemisphere holidays yeah exactly and it means you get a Christmas so for me I think it, it wouldn't have to be we wouldn't have to play for the same season as the rugby league I think we just need a few more months with better weather um, I just think the, the, the in terms of the rugby that spectators would see it would be it would just make the rugby so much better there'd be less drop balls which mean less scrums the forwards be able to play more because of that and then I think that it would engineer a faster game as well so yeah I think that in terms of rugby I think it's only a positive thing just on that would you would you look to try and align Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere seasons to have specific international windows and yeah, kind think, of specific similar competitions yeah and I think for player welfare that's the best thing to do yeah. as well um, yeah, so I think that's I think that's probably in the works, but just how fast it'll happen is I, another thing. I think I've discovered yeah. the cure for all of rugby's ills. Just employ right. me as the as a head man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Employ me as the head man <laughs> to make the decisions. Well, you, you're gonna have to just take a little time to th- think this over, but it does make sense, all right? Okay. My plan is to eliminate the knock on. So if you knock on the ball between the two five meters, you carry on playing. You, you can't forward pass. That's still illegal. But a knock-on just means it's a fumble, so everyone can compete, just like in the NFL. My idea is that there's no advantage to knocking it on. There'll be less scrums, fitter players, hopefully, will result in a safer sport. That's my overall theory. Mm. What's your initial reaction? Uh, I'm pretty sceptical about that one. (laughs) Uh, Trust me. Take some time, think it through, (laughs) you'll uh, come around to my point of view. It's a genius idea. Right, Okay. I was watching a similar theme. I was watching the New Zealand-Wales game the other day. Yeah. And I realised when I'm watching a game as a neutral, one of the things I love most, rather than like 50-yard tries, is when the referee signals knock on advantage and then the team plays enough phases or plays it wide enough to say advantage over. Mm. And I'm, I'm brilliant. <laughs> Another minute of rugby, no scrum, no reset. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That is genuinely one of my... like happiest times when I'm watching rugby yeah when knock on advantage is withdrawn yeah, yeah well, I think definitely like in winter games and knock on is fairly prevalent that if you just got got rid of it I mean if you're spilling the ball forward it's not a big deal and if you deliberately knock it on like mm. we've already got rules for that it's a yellow card or a penalty I'm on something here, Will. Trust me, I am. <laughs> I think you might be on something in terms of that, but I'm not too sure that'll ever happen. <laughs> I think it's one of the fundamentals of the game. I'm pretty sure it'll never happen. 
Well, apparently uh, they've used they're starting to use it in like minis rugby. Yeah, yeah. But I think for completely different, yeah. completely yeah. different reasons. Yeah, minis rugby where they they, they don't have any winners or losers. Mm. Have you looked in, into coaching before? Because obviously you're yeah. quite knowledgeable about the game. You yeah. enjoy the analysis side. Yeah, I, I, I've looked into it a little bit this year. I just thought I'd do, whilst I've not been doing anything else in my rugby spare time, I've been uh, doing my level two myself and Josh Beaumont and a few other guys at the club. We did it uh, over the year and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And who were your uh, course tutors? Uh, who was our course tutors? I've totally forgotten. Probably the same ones you've had Alan, as well. Alan Jack? No. Is that one? Um, and there's a, guy, a scouse guy called Kevin. No, again, I think it was a guy Chris, maybe. Oh, no. And Jack, uh, Jack does ring a bell, actually. Uh, Alan Jack failed me. So, uh, well, no, he said I'm not yet competent. NYC, so devastated. <laughs> devastated. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed the coaching. Um, I kind of I work a little bit of the younger guys at the club. Um, just during I just just during day to day stuff, I just like having my little inputs here and there. And then I, I, I enjoy working with Deeks and seeing how he sees the game. So, yeah, it's something I'm interested in. It's not something I definitely want to do after rugby. But just for now, I'm, I'm enjoying just seeing the rugby from a different angle. You had any thoughts of, about life after rugby? Uh, not particularly. I just put dabble in my hand in different things here and there. Um, I've done a degree, so whether I use that at any stage, I'm not too sure. And then Yeah, what was your degree in? Uh, just a business studies. Okay. Yeah. At uh, Manchester? Uh, Uni of Manchester, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. When I first got my academy contract, uh, Mum was very adamant that I had, uh, had to do had a degree. To finish it. Yeah. So no, I'm really chuffed that I did that because it gave me a different vocation and it allowed me to focus on something different. When I went through a few injuries as well, which was quite helpful. Were you allowed to play for Manchester Uni during your time there? Uh, unfortunately, not. I made my debut for Sale in the October of my freshers' year. So really, uh, yeah. So no, I know I was playing first team rugby quite a lot in my freshers' year. So uh, unfortunately, not. So yeah, that was that was one of my negatives. Of what it. kind of accommodations does Sale make for? student rugby players um, there's not too many of us at the moment there's a, a couple of guys doing open university courses but I think I've been one of the few to do a full time degree at the same time as playing for sale so I'm quite proud of that but um, I think it's something that probably premiership rugby in general needs to probably help it out with um, I think there should it, there should be a bit more of a connection with the universities because we've got guys like Josh Beaumont coming into teams later on in their career, well later on than other players. Yeah, because Josh, I, I think Josh made the, the decision to go and play rugby up in Newcastle. Didn't you? Well, no, he um, he initially didn't get into an academy, so he went up to uh, which is when you, know, you <laughs> see him now, he, it's mind boggling. But he went up to Durham, which is obviously a prestigious uh, a prestigious college to go to, and uh, play, he was the captain of their rugby team, uh, and then he was attached a little bit to Newcastle, and they through whoever's decision weren't that keen on him so he came down to sale and uh, he's been a revelation for us yeah he's been superb so the, the guys like Josh are probably a shining example of why players should always be uh, allowed to develop later on because uh, Josh is by no means old but people develop at different stages yeah absolutely um, did, was your decision to go to Manchester Uni driven by sale or was it vice versa uh, no I I did, sale um, didn't have any say in me going to university or not I, it was something I wanted to do um, so the the only thing that I chose uh, that helped me in my decision to go to Manchester University was just location. It made it easy for me to get to training. Ah, uh, right. Was, oh, so Sale had already like picked you up. And yeah, then... no, I was on a contract, and it was kind of don't do university or do university in Manchester. It was totally, yeah. totally my decision. Now you're I'm right in anything this. You're another Cumbrian lad. I am. So do Sale just have a network of spies <laughs> up in Cumbria? Oh, funny enough, I, again, I was the same as Josh. I was uh, when I was about sixteen. I was a little bit attributed to to Newcastle, but for again the same reasons, they weren't interested in me. So I was picked up at a rugby camp, uh, just one of the ones you go to in summer. And luckily for me, uh, our academy coach at the time, Phil Leck, was there. And uh, just got picked. Uh, I just Chris, got picked up by Chris like Chris Yeah, yeah. So I got picked up, uh, and then uh, played a few Jets games when I was sixteen, and then uh, luckily just stayed in the in the program with Sale. God, Newcastle needs to do something about these scouts. <laughs> uh, so someone, yeah. someone should get fired over this. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did mention it, like uh, when I had Rob Miller on. That the amount of talent that comes out of Cumbria is uh, substantial. Yeah, no, we've got a good team if we could get us together. Uh, there's myself, <laughs> Rob, who've played, and then Quake Tales from there, and then uh, we've got Mark Wilson over in, in Newcastle yeah. doing really well. He's a good player. Yeah, well, um, and not to mention like, all of the rugby league lads. Oh, yeah, it's so. a hotbed up there, yeah. It's a really popular sport. I was saying to um, saying to Rob that the Kendall Kubelonsdale game had like a couple of thousand people there. Really? Yeah, there, it was more. It was better attended than some of the sale games. Wow. And it's, what, level five rugby or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Yeah. When was your last game up in, up in Cumbria and who for? Um, 
don't know, it would be probably Penrith under 17 or something like that. Oh, right. So you've not played for the men's team there? No, never played for the men's team. I, I played my, yeah, again, I, I was contracted for sale when I was 17. So uh, as soon as I left school, I came <laughs> straight down here. It's also something that you have regret not playing for your local team. Um, no, not particularly. Um, no, Upper Eden were my team that I really enjoyed playing at. And then Penrith, I, I enjoyed playing at because I had a great group of friends there. Mm-hmm. But I was never particularly attached to the first team. So, um, no, I, I never, I don't really regret not playing there, no. You don't feel like you missed out on, you know, the the slightly different culture there and, you know... Uh... Um, no, my brother plays for Upper Eden every now and then, and my family have always played for Upper Eden, so I'd like to think if I ever played a Vets game, I'd go back there. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, the reason I love Penrith so much was probably more to do with the group of friends I was playing with mm-hmm. uh, so, more than anything. So when you're contracted to the Jets, and what, what do you do for your competitive rugby? Because obviously the Jets don't, they're competitive when they play, mm. but they're not in a league structure as such. Well, I, 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 when I was in school and I was playing for them, I'd come down, I'd drive down every Monday and play for them. And then back up for school, and then I drive down on a what Wednesday. What distance so, is that? Uh, it's about hundred miles. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I was pretty committed back then. So uh, back then, yeah. Back then. <laughs> no, he just slums it in the and shows it when he wants. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I, I used to travel quite a long way to play on a Monday night, and then I'd be back up, and then had a good relationship with Pete Anglesey, and he helped me out with that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I used to travel a long way and play on a Monday night, and then I'd play the odd game for school or club that year. I was once forced into a conversation with Pete Anglesey. Yeah. I was in an airport and I was with my wife and we, I looked across and I saw Pete Anglesey and I thought, that's Pete Anglesey. Not that yeah. anyone else would know that's Pete Anglesey. You've got to be pretty pretty into your rugby to yeah, say, yeah. you know, that's Pete Anglesey. So I said to her, and she wasn't really listening, um, <laughs> that's Pete Anglesey. Oh, right, yeah, okay, fine. So we sit we sit down on, um, on this plane and he'll be sitting right in front of me, but Pete Anglesey. Yeah. And I've got my earphones in. Next thing you know, she's uh, prodding me and she goes, did you say hello to to your friend Pete Anglesey? It's like, oh no! <laughs> so then he pops up, and goes, "Hello." I'm like, oh right, okay. I've, I've now got to uh, explain to this man. I didn't tell her that he is my friend, and oh, this is horrifically awkward. But luckily, he's a very very nice yeah, man. Yeah, top and, bloke. And um, bought me a beer. Yeah, no, he's a top top bloke, Fangy. <laughs> he's uh, and he's brought obviously he's helped instill some uh, a good mentality in some of the younger players in Sale to bring them through. So, yeah, great guy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, th- I think I think he does a very, very good job. And the guy who I rave about continuously is, of course, Steve Diamond. Yeah. I, mean, I just think what he does there is absolutely superb. Yeah. Do you work with Steve day in, day out? Or yeah, no, I, I, I've got a really good relationship with Diamond, so um, I'm texting him constantly, and then uh, he's he's in the club every day that we are, and he's hardest man working it, along with our, our analyst, uh, Hugh Jenner. They're, they're working tirelessly to put together a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's his persona like? away from the cameras because obviously he's a man of great passion in front of the cameras and during the game but I can't imagine he keeps that up throughout the week no 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 he's, he's a great bloke to have, have a beer around I think away from rugby when you're having a beer he's, he's got endless stories for you and then uh, when you're in the club he's uh, when he when he's focused it's like us on the pitch is when the time is to focus he's, he's there but when there's when there's time to have a joke and uh, talk about something else he's, he's good at that and did he join in the uh, end of season do when you went up to Newcastle? Uh, yeah, he loves that. Uh, did he's, did uh, he get involved? I think Dimes is well aware of the uh, of the old school mentality that we have at Sale. He's he's instilled that. So when we have a win, we go out and celebrate together. And when we have a loss, we'll have a beer together, but we'll have to park it and move on. So he's uh, yeah. he's really good at instilling that kind of mindset into us. So he uh, he gave us a couple, bit of money for the kitty for Newcastle, and then uh, awesome. But he's uh, he's really big on having team socials and getting together as a group. Now I heard a story, and you can confirm if this is right or wrong yeah. I had a story that he bought the whole team McDonald's if they would lobby the owner Brian Kennedy at the time to buy him a tight head prop is that true or is that false? I do not remember that at all so <laughs> I can't that say if that's false true or not me. who's oh. told you that? Uh, where did it come from? it came from uh, should I just mention a name or should I just allude to it? It came from someone who's fairly close to the sale camp. Right, okay. I, I won't go further than that because it might embarrass him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gutted. I feel like this is like the Mario Baratelli stories. Yeah, it might like, just be Chinese whispers. Yeah, yeah. Did you really set off fireworks in your uh, bathroom? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, devastated. Oh, well. We ask every, every guest who comes through here who might have one and is willing to share it with us. Yeah. Do you have an Andy Powell story? 
Oh, I've got tens of Andy Powell stories. <laughs> Would you care to share an Andy Powell story? Just I, one. I, I want to get a compilation of Andy Powell stories. Um, uh, we were actually when I was in Bermuda, there was a couple of guys who played with Powell, and we were just having a nat around the pool, and we were just having a good laugh and thinking of the stories. But the only stories we know are generally the ones where Powell's been caught out. So, um, <laughs> so there's there's countless other stories, but I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. Um, well. We'll come back to have, that. Have you heard the fire extinguisher one? Uh, no, but I'd love to. <laughs> one of Pauli's, we had a great away trip out to Argen a few years ago. And uh, when we came, we won the game. And uh, Dimes again, as he does, encourages us to go out as a team, which we always love to do over in France. And uh, Pauli, we got back to the hotel and all had a great night. And then Pauli managed to find a fire extinguisher and knocked on actually Pete Angles' door. <laughs> and Angie answers the door at two in the morning. And... Uh, and Paulia then uh, empties the, the fire extinguisher all over Angie. So that's a, that was a classic. But now was it? Yeah, was it a powder fire extinguisher? I have no idea, but it was. Uh, yeah, it did. Did the, it did powder, the job. foam, water, yeah, and it, carbon dioxide. Well, um... it did the job. But no, there's endless Paulie stories. He's a great guy, and he, I, I hope he's uh, he's doing well. Brady told us about the one. Which one did he tell us? Um... About trying to get in a car that the police had just stopped. Yeah, that's a classic as well. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. Well, I think he thought it was a taxi, it was the mix up. Oh, yeah, that'll definitely be it. So, before we let you go, then, just give us your predictions for this for this weekend's. Oh, hang on, say the weekend. This will be out a week later, but do it anyway. England, Australia. England, Australia, I think just because it's the second test, I reckon Australia might turn up and win this one, but I think England will win the series. Um,. I'm hoping for another Ireland win, but I'm, again, I'm, I, I think maybe a South African win and then Ireland win really the series. Do you really think so? But I, I just don't know. I think you're actually saying that Ireland will win. Ireland will win. And then Wales. So you, you mentioned off air, off the pod. Have you got some connections to Ireland? Uh, yeah, mum's uh, from Ulster. Uh, she's from um, from Cash in Enniskillen, near Enniskillen from Manor. Okay. Yeah. Any danger that if Ireland came calling, you'd play for Ireland? Uh, I just want to play a bit highest level. So, yeah, there's, I, I don't know really at the moment. I'm just concentrating on playing for sale, which is the main objective. We'll take that as a yes. We'll take that as a maybe. 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 No, no, maybe. I, I'm very proud of my Irish heritage. So, uh, yeah, no, mum, I, I used to support Ireland and England when I was younger. So, no, I love that side of my So, life. as a nipper then, up in Cumbria, Ireland are playing England. Who do you support? Uh, depends who I want to keep happy my mum or dad so. <laughs> no, I actually used to support Ireland when I was younger because I wanted to be different from the other kids at school so. okay yeah and do, do you ever follow Ulster yep follow Ulster follow um, got a couple of mates I, I got on really when we played under 20s for England I got on really well with the uh, Irish team they were a great crack to have around so got a couple of mates at Ulster a couple of mates at Munster and a couple of mates at Connacht so oh, okay. I keep track of what's going on in the Rabo and uh, yeah I've been really chuffed a bit for Connacht there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping get up to 60 percent off during burrow's memorial day sale at burrow.com slash acast that's burrow.com slash acast com slash ACAST. This year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously the guys at Ulster have done well as well. Who are your mates at Ulster? Uh, I know Paddy Jackson fairly well. Yeah. Um, he's, he's done really well how, this year. How would you come across Paddy Jackson then? Cause I, Just I playing imagine... for under 20s. You have a good crack after the games and we played our, our, our World Cup over in South Africa. So we were there for six weeks. So it makes you, sense. You're bumping into each other and then the uh, you tend to have the, the final function of the tour is all together. Because it's actually a funny story. I, uh, when our, our game in the Six Nations, we uh, we played against Ireland to win the, Grand, uh, to win the Six Nations. And obviously I had a lot of family in the crowd and all lot of my Irish family there as well and the winger who was I was playing in the centre I think but one of the wingers who was opposite with me was my friend called Connor Finn and funny enough his mum my mum and his dad were sat next to each other in the crowd and having a having a natter but they didn't realise who 
which son they were supporting and me and Connor actually came and had a fight so oh really we, had a little, we literally came to blows we, did not, we obviously didn't know of each other at this stage and I managed to get Connor sent off so he got, he got yellow carded and I didn't uh, and after the game I went up to Connor and apologised but mum and dad mum, mum and uh, Connor's dad had obviously been chatting away and then when they came to this fight they went at it a bit so which was obviously quite funny and then I, I had a good chat to Connor afterwards and then when we were in South Africa we kept in touch and we had a good crack after the uh, tournament had finished brilliant but yeah, awesome so that's that's one of the ways that you come across good lads well well i would have you down here for another hour but i know you've got stuff to do so i'm going to wish you the best of luck with thank you very much with the rest of the season you're more than welcome to come down here imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whenever yeah. you want, open invitation. <laughs> Best of luck, and we will see you soon. Thank you very much.